0: Guten Tag, and welcome to another quality content module freshly ground by Small Beans, where ideas are always percolating. If you enjoy this pod, please consider joining our community over at Patreon.com/smallbeans, where only three bucks a month gets you access to double the content, including Patreon exclusive series like Spielboys and Star Trek: The Next Futurama, plus bonus episodes of your SB favorites. Much love and enjoy the thing. 300,000 bounty hunters in the star system. How y'all doing? And now it's time for Big Shot, (laughs) the show that tells us about fugitives. Shucks howdy, big news is today, we're covering the Cowboy Bebop movie on Framerate. Yes,
1: I, I should have been the I should have been the twanging banjo. I just realized you should. That's yeah. what I should have been doing. I'll we'll put it, we'll it in, we'll in after. Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, I should have done that.
0: And now you know how the sausage is made. Hey, people, howdy, howdy, shucks, howdy, even. shucks, howdy. <laughs> it's it's a frame rate. It sure is. Where we rate frames. I'm Abe Epperson, and today I'm joined with my co-host,
1: temporary. Ooh. Oh. I got promoted. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Wow, that feels I got to put on my I'm watching you. laser or whatever. But today you are. Yeah, yeah. I I understood it was uh I was going to be <laughs> I was going to be watched and judged. I understood that's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Anyway, I'm Adam Ganser. That's me. I'm the I'm the, the Adam co-host. Welcome, my man. Yeah, baby. Hey, this is a good frame. Can I just say that? This one's a good frame.
0: This is a this is a solid fucking frame. This is a solid in my, frame. In this- Yeah. In this humble bear's opinion. Yeah. Better than I remember Um, it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, because any bebop is good bebop, Mm -hmm. I think, is what we're getting at. That's true. Um, So, just an overview if you have never heard of this movie, Mm. Cowboy Bebop, the movie or internationally knocking on heaven's door, uh, it's an anime uh, that is based completely, it's considered canon. Of the TV show from 1998, Cowboy Bebop, takes place between episode 22, Cowboy Funk, and episode 23, Brain Scratch, oh, which is near the end of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe there's 25 or 26 episodes. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's basically all of the characters. It's, yeah, it's it's what you'd expect out of a canonized, you know, like they just made a movie. Um, and I asked my friend Adam here, because i know that he like me has a there's a special place in his heart which i think for a lot of people who are who are weeps like us uh, <laughs> cowboy bebop is like all time right
1: yeah. oh yeah it, it, there, if i had to pick one anime ever it's this one
0: not this movie but yeah.
1: this but this uh show i like i would pick
0: it it's my favorite and i've seen over time that that's like a super white dude answer yeah, I know. but it's also yeah. a good answer like let me just st- stand by it it's very american
1: like it's not an yeah. american it, it this is not truly an american story but it's definitely about uh, like acknowledging american sensibilities more than a lot definitely. of animes do yeah
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of like a venn diagram between like stories that animes tackle and western stories the the intersection is very little, but this one does a lot of effort in order to make sure that Western audiences, I think, enjoy it, which is why it did so well right. in uh, West with Western audiences. The fact that it's almost all fight sequences are complemented by jazz and rock music. Um, it's the fact that we're following these bounty hunters and the cowboy atmosphere. Um, it's very much so. Uh, like a Western story. But of course, uh, as it's an anime, it's Eastern storytelling. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The first frame of it, if you want to
1: get the tone of this, mm -hmm. the first frame of this movie is just, it just shows a gigantic planet uh, with a lot of like relays, you know, like mass relays where ships sort of can travel, like do interstellar travel. And there's a harmonica just like a, a like a harmonica That's in the desert the as you're looking mm. at all at space and it's like fuck this is great this is already like, very good <laughs> yeah it just yeah. hits the tone perfect like space cowboy is a joke uh yeah. like it's a meme that people say but this is the one thing i've ever seen that did it right
0: it's like perfect oh, for cowboy yeah. space get cowboy get the fuck out of here firefly Oh, uh, i never watched firefly i know that this i know people shit. love it i i've never watched it just it's me, beloved. I'm it's ha- yeah. half of that is a joke. It's there there's good there's good stuff about Firefly, sure. but like if you are like today I'm going to be a space cowboy. You can't beat cowboy. B-Bob. I don't think so
1: either. I think it's I I think it's, uh, it's the bar that we have not yet cleared again.
0: Mhm. You know. Um so, on frame rate, we typically have since you're both kind of guest and host, Michael is still out today. Uh, he'll be back very soon, That's as right. soon as next week. Although, y'all who are listening to the uh, all the pods, you're not missing him that much. He was just here, you know, he's just here, uh, doing Star Trek the next Futurama, but for the free feed and such, he'll be around yeah. very soon. He's incoming, incoming swame. Uh, but today. I'm asking my friend Adam yep. to can you nutshell the story? Yeah, I will, and I can. Okay, mm-hmm. so
1: Cowboy Bebop the movie is like many episodes of Cowboy Bebop starts with a bounty. And the bounty is that this these four uh seemingly seemingly independent people are working together to you know basically make a buck and keep on living. They're all living at basically subsistence level and sort of looking for their next meal. That's who they are, and that's sort of mm. the premise of the series. And uh, this bounty it starts off with uh, I want to say an unknown person who he uh, they 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 the bounty's for like three million something like that. It's Wulong It's like a lot of money. And they don't know mm-hmm. why. And it turns out that this guy has stolen a virus that uh, is encapsulated in like a dissolvable pearl, which is a cool image in its own. And uh, the team must basically unravel the mystery of who he is. So it's a little bit of like a detective story of like trying to find out what why this guy is worth all this money and just hunt him down. And it turns out he... Uh, is an ex-military figure who is immune to this virus, but the virus is like, you know, uh, your, cas- your classic, like, catastrophic world-ending would kill everybody disease if it got out. And his plan is essentially to release it uh, in the middle of a b- very populated area, which mm-hmm. will kill almost everybody in the known planet, um, except for the very few people that he has made immune for reasons that... Uh, I think what you could say they remain esoteric the whole time. Like, he saves people for what you might call a sort of emotional reasons, but it, what yeah. those emotions are are not always clear. Um, Absolutely. So as the story progresses, we have several showdowns. This is a Western, so there's a couple of showdowns. And I think the thing that you have to... Re- sort of retained from the plot is that spike who's kind of the protagonist of this, of this series and this movie uh, is, he sort of meets a woman who is clearly wrapped up uh, with the, the bounty s- story in some way. She's also a military member. They were clearly in a unit together and he has a kind of like kindred, almost romantic connection to her but more than that, I think he realizes he has a kindred, kindred, almost romantic connection to this bounty figure, uh, mm-hmm. which is a theme in the show. Like, Spike is constantly finding people who are him, basically, like a different version yeah. of him. And ba- and he sort of finding who he is and who they are through combat. That's the kind of person he is. Because um, he has a death wish, but that's a totally different conversation that Abel I, and I will have in like 10 minutes. So... Mm-hmm. The plot resolves in very epic fashion where they've tracked him down to this uh, tower that's perfect to, as a perfect place to release all this gas. It's very like Batman, <laughs> you know, like if you remember 1989's Batman. Yes,
0: it's, it's so good. And the music. Yeah. Bump, bump, the music's bump, great bump, and bump, they have bump, a bump. fight
1: and uh, <laughs> of course Spike comes out on top, but not just because of himself, because of the woman that he's there working with uh yeah he gets saved in fact yeah he's saved by her that's a thing that's about to get killed yeah that happens a lot with spike actually where other people it intervene. does
0: although yeah. vincent is one of the only people vincent that was who actually go head to head
1: uh yeah.
0: melee combat wise very with few. spike like he yeah Like, Spike is struggling the whole movie, which is not always the case. It's what makes it a good movie, I would say, that Spike has met Um, his
1: match. There's only, like, two or three people in the series that are what mm -hmm. you might call Spike's match. Uh, Right. The series antagonist feels very similar to this character, Vincent. Vicious. Vicious is the series antagonist. Great antagonist. In fact, he's got long hair. Yeah. Just like they're Vincent, vicious. I mean, come on. Yeah, the (laughs) movie is clearly, like... Trying to read like redo Bebop like that's what this is. It's like we'll give you a tiny little,
0: which I think Bebop. is a great choice for a um, a movie to do when it's trying to say like, hey, you haven't seen the series, but maybe give it a shot.
1: Yeah, and that's right. I I would say like if you've never watched the show Cowboy Bebop, this movie might be a great way to like see what the vibe is of it, and yeah. then you'll and then when you watch the show, it opens up much much more. Right. Like there's a I lot more emotional agree. depth to it. Um, this was a very fun, like slightly, slightly poetic, slightly emotional action film, you know, like mm-hmm. detective
0: action film. That's what it is. And it's great. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Thank you for that, sir. You bet. Um, yeah, there, <clears throat> here's the thing about Cowboy Bebop oh, and I'm we're going to be talking about themes and stuff like that, but I think that you and I both attach ourselves to the style oh Bebop, so right? good i think everyone does yeah and there's n- numerous things that we can talk about but one that i feel that is because there's music and stuff like that which we'll talk about but one that immediately i wrote down when i was watching this movie because it's like directorial flourishes yeah are so fucking cool yeah he's really
1: really talented the director like, of this is great at filmmaking is
0: has such an eye yep. that we, you look at the visuals, and sometimes you're just like, you pause it because you go, Holy shit, yep. that's awesome! Yeah, and they do this thing in like a lot of animes because it comes from animation because the concept is don't spend money. Um, there's this kind of meditative pace that usually goes around a lot of the conversations or the montages, so you'll kind of have a portrait. With, like, maybe you'll see some water in the background, something moving, sparkling a little bit. Yeah. Maybe you'll get a little parallax from like a camera move. Right. But everyone is like basically stick figures. Like, they're basically not visually, but like they don't move really. And they're just like portraits. And we just are allowed to kind of live in that timing. That meditative timing, which you do not see in modern filmmaking. No, I, you.
1: It's it's not a thing you can stand so much in actual filmmaking because I think there's something about it being drawn where we're mm-hmm. like willing to sort of study and appreciate the drawing of it a little bit longer mm-hmm. than we are. Like whereas if you see a person, it's like, yeah, that's a person. So now show me another thing. You know what I mean? Like we just get exactly. a little impatient.
0: Yeah but they allow us to dart around the frame and they give us a interesting looking frame to look at. Um, This guy. And so the visuals are amazing. This guy has one of the best eyes for framing of
1: really, I would put him in like one of my favorite directors for that. Like, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he has such a good eye for when to use the thirds, when to not use the thirds, uh, when to use foreground and background, which by the way, this is an animated uh, media here, so he's creating a sense of lensing through like the drawings and stuff, and it's impeccable. Yeah, it's Im- it's, it's impeccable. Great, it's so. And good. what he's
0: doing, really, if you look back in terms of like the trajectory of like who's influencing who, is he's framing it like Ozu, uh, yeah. another Japanese director, yeah, 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 yeah. who's because Ozu's deal is he gives you a lot of headroom and he often gives you some kind of you know partition. Unique body cropping, longer lenses. It makes everything feel like a still life. And you're like a fly on the wall of these, in this case, like concrete landscapes and storefronts. Um, And it's just a really cool vibe. Because it just, like, you put it... You you just bring that camera sentiment to those the spaces that are the world of bebop. And it just fucking makes sense, you know? It's this uh, post-apocalyptic semi-dystopian but also not really like it's that it's very familiar like one of my favorite gags that they do is they have like our the opening noodle sequence where we you know get to know yeah, like, of course. oh yeah they would need they don't have meat they, they don't have enough money noodles. for protein right they only and you know man cannot live on carbohydrates alone i think is the line but like the futurist kind of aspect of the movie is that And I really want this in real life. I hope I live until we get this kind of technology. A cup of noodles that has a little like battery pack at the bottom yeah, that you has pull a thing a string. that you grab. Yeah. And <laughs> it
1: instantly cooks your noodles. Like, that looks fucking awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that looks fucking awesome. I agree. I, wa-
1: I was like, I want those noodles. Those look good. <laughs>
0: I want those fucking noodles. They look noodles. really good. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of have this uh, mismatch of, you know, it's, it's not like quite the steampunk, but it's in the same... It's kind of genre of, you know, like, low-tech, high-tech. It feels like a grungy and,
1: Blade Runner-adjacent yeah, kind of world. Yeah. Uh, but there's often... They often have, like, uh, cultures that you don't see as much in that context. Like, for instance, you'll see architecture yes. and artwork from Native American sources all the time. Uh, or, like, they had uh, they had a few... I don't. I don't want to get specific because I'll. It'll just show how little I know. But they had some Arab. No, influences. this one has like an Arab influences. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and and just things that you don't often see in a Blade Runner context that kind of give it its own identity. Um, mm. And they're quite beautiful. You know, like they really are quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would describe the world of Cowboy Bebop as being, you know, like let's say a hundred years in the future, but also feeling the way we feel about our world now. You know, like it's like almost like the world was
0: extrapolated from how we feel about the world now. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because the other thing about this movie is that it came out in September in Japan, September 1st, 2001. It's bananas. And it took till 2002 for it to release in the Western world because, you know, the terrorist act in it. Because of 9-11. Right. I mean, I'm not going to mince words. No, it's accurate. It's 9-11 that did that. Um, but also, but there's like, terrorist actions in here, and I think everybody was afraid there's ter- of anything yep. like that for about and eight months. W- totally. Yeah. And watching it from a 2023 perspective, it's also got a lot of contagion aspects about yeah, it. There's it a lot of... Which, uh, you know, at in 2001, I think... like. Japanese culture at least had definitely a lot more run-ins with that kind of deal like the there's so many times in this movie where like someone coughs and it's like a legitimate beat of like is he sick uh, is he going to die or <laughs> yeah. is everyone going to die yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. you know and like that like when i first watched this in 2002 cuz i went to it in theaters i'm sure you probably did as well um, I did not but i sh-
1: i did see it <clears throat> as soon as it was on home video i saw it
0: yeah, it was, yeah. uh, it, like, I remember going, like, oh, wow, I see why they pushed it, because of the 9 stuff, but also, like, yeah, they, they, like, they nailed the terrorism, you know, f- fear-mongering, and, like, what the fuck is happening, and, like, the mayhem of news camera footage, but then they also are nailing, like, this, you know, like, global, this feeling of a global contagion, or the idea of, like, uh, one cough means a very specific thing, um, And there's that tension. And it's just funny that now that we're living in... Now now it feels like America's a little bit more ready for all of the themes that are going on in there. They definitely were like... I would say they were, like,
1: eight months ahead of our first tragedy and 20 years ahead of our second major tragedy. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Like, you know, and that's not to say that America had no concept of contagions. Like, certainly there was no. prep being done at the time for a world event of that type. So it was but on in the mind, of like, you know?
0: Yeah, but in terms of, like, literature or, like, right. zeitgeist, we had, like, right. Outbreak. Like, yeah. the movie Outbreak, yeah. which shows, like, a very not subtle version of contagion uh the movie contagion in fact is a lot better than that but i mean like it's just like it's it's more like an action thriller we gotta beat the little micro virus kind of thing it's i mean this is just more of like the subtle social interactions and it focuses on the human element a little bit more i would say the movie the rock is adjacent to to this, adjacent. in the it's, it's the using terrorism. Yep. it's
1: what well, it's also gonna release a bio like not biochemical. It, thing. It's not a bio. Yeah. I don't know what VX gas is. I don't think it's biochemical, but it's adjacent to the idea of we're gonna kill everybody by mm-hmm. releasing this you know thing on you know uh, a water source or whatever. Right? I don't remember the rock that mm-hmm. well, but I remember the basic premise of somebody stolen VX gas. Oh yeah, uh, and Ed had, Harris in particular. Yeah, Ed Harris mm-hmm. specifically has stolen the X-Cast. <laughs> anyway, so like the concept was around, but I think this movie does a really nice job of uh, of tapping into some thoughtful ideas about how it would happen and, and the paranoia of it that now we're a lot more ready for than we were in 2001. Yeah. Like it's not a far-fetched action plot now. It's like, oh fuck, you know. Uh, for
0: real, I think yeah. that that's one of the things that also separates. I mean, it's an anime kind of a lot of the animes that I've seen have tried to do this too. And sometimes I roll my eyes at it, but like there is the, there's there's always a sense of inundation of meaning of like what what does it mean to be human? You know, like what's that the last question that uh usually there's at the end of the episode when the song like kind of, you know, crescendo's out. And then it has like yeah the Steve final Space question Cowboy. yeah the final question in this one is are you living in the real world? God, I Which loved is like, it. I loved it. <laughs> really, that's like to me like it's super cringy. Oh thing, no, no. Let like, me tell you why. I I'm so glad you
1: said that. For real, yeah, yeah. For real. So this is a movie that I think on its surface is action plot, contagion, all that stuff. But underneath the surface is a is a decidedly Eastern point, like philosophical point of view. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is the the villain because he's ingested some of this you know neurotoxin or whatever has a vision of uh this sort of beautiful world that's beneath the surface a spiritual world right and that spiritual world is seen through the lens of these butterflies right Mm. and uh the movie is very definitive that it is a byproduct of this The the nanomachines that are in the you know, in the pearls that have been stolen, right? So they're actually mm.
0: releasing like tiny little evil robots. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, little protein-based protein nanomachines that, at they say at one point, enters the eye in the form of uh, f- like photons. Right. So there's bright lights. Right, right. So he lives in a world constantly where he's seeing photons. So, like, I'm not saying that. Uh, okay, so
1: just I'm I'm acknowledging up top that the movie gives us a material explanation for it, but the movie yeah. also asks the question whether this guy is seeing something more deeply than anybody else is seeing it like whether he's mm-hmm. actually like the the movie's asking the question is he really crazy or is he seeing the world stripped of its facade and right. it's asking that question of the villain but it also asks that question of Spike um and that's a theme that's all yes. the way through Cowboy Bebop Absolutely. where is like is this this life that they're living, this sort of like moment to moment, you know, just sustaining themselves existence is not real life. There's a real world, like there's an ocean of pain and meaning beneath it that Spike is constantly trying to find a way to interact with, like a way, maybe even a way to fight with it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the movie asking that question at the end is saying it's not just a plot. It's a question that like is the undercurrent of what this story is about. Which is like, is this world just the malaise that we're all living in, or is there more mm-hmm. to it? You know, is is reality an illusion? You know, um, and it's it's a great topic, and I that's what I love about this show and this movie, right? That it has it does this, it does this, and it 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 explores both ideas simultaneously. It explores the very Western materialistic version of it, mm-hmm. and I you know, and I mean that by like reality is material. That's what I mean by materialistic. It explores that, right? But then it's constantly bringing up in these beautiful poetic vignettes that there's something else beneath it that they all feel and are motivated by but can't quite grasp. It's Spike almost getting his hand around the butterfly but it disappears. You know, it's right. it's fucking it's awesome. It's magic trick. Well, see, I love that you said like, that. I love it because it, it isn't mm-hmm. a magic trick. but uh, Or mm-hmm. I guess that's where you and I would part company. Is, is it a magic trick or is it real? You know, mm-hmm. that's the question
0: of it, I would say. Well... Yeah, I mean, that's the philosophical question. Right. I, I mean, do you call it a magic trick when you do it to yourself, right. even if you are unconsciously doing it? Right. So it's not that I disagree with you. No, of course. Um, it's just the only, I agree with everything you said, and I think that I I love that this series often will get, do that. Uh, I just think that it's sometimes, A, lost in translation. A little bit. Uh, I, yeah. I watch it with the, uh, with the, uh, Amer- like the American English cast or whatever, uh, because the dub is so good. It's really good. Uh, yeah, it's known as one of the better dubs. And I've watched a little bit. Uh, you know the the sub version because I love the series and I tried it one time, but I didn't get through it all the way because I think the thing with I, I just have a low key theory. The thing with animes or you know international, you know especially especially cartoons because it syncs up, so it's actually usually pretty. Good, yeah. Um, with at least qual- half quality dubs, whatever one you watch first, that's the one you're gonna. Fall I think in that's right because the the second viewing, you're like, Nope it's not. It's not the same. Thing. There's a key um, difference
1: between the two Spike castings too. That that really, at least for me, that was the right. deciding
0: thing. He's more of I say like a high plains drifter in, uh, in the American in the, version. In the, the English, uh, version, in the English version. Yeah, no. So I'm not saying. So I said it was cringe and it's not that i disagree with that there isn't a meaning in it in fact that's kind of where i was going but i will say that it is and maybe not at the time because it wasn't 2008 yet right uh at this point and i don't know this character archetype it has been around it predated absolutely I mean, a Blade Runner, you mentioned at the top of this cast. I'm kind of tired of philosopher Riddler kind of Joker villains. Like, at one point, Vincent goes, like, no know know much about Purgatory. I completely understand. It's a place of struggle and pain. I completely and understand. And it's like, no one talks like that. And, like... I don't know. I love that speech also because so, his buddy asks, like, "Why release the pathogen on Halloween?" He says, "In the old days, Halloween is the one right. day." It's a such soul a dumb. Can be from purgatory. Yeah. Like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not.
1: Nobody thinks that. It's when people get no candy, you jackass. Right? It's it's very <laughs> like the villain is very much like uh the cartoon trope of you know up his ass like Buddhist monk who's violent or something right like right like exactly. it's it's that yeah. trope. And it is very tired, and uh I don't think even this is the best version of that and so like I guess this is where I, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna roll over on my belly about this issue so that nobody comes no, no, at no. me no 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 I'm just I, I want to do that like I watched okay. this show when I was I don't know 18 like it was mm-hmm. it came at the perfect time for a young yeah. man to form his taste in what is good and what is bad you know what i mean like this this show is precious to me in a way that no other piece of media that wasn't that i've seen since could be it's the first time mm-hmm. i saw a lot of these ideas so like i'm just i'm i'm nostalgic about it and the movie brought me all the way back to that but you're 100% right that it's silly <laughs> it's it's turbo silly. You know what I mean? It's turbo it's, silly. It's, it's, yeah. It's
0: very silly. Well, belly rubbed, but yeah. yeah. No, I still do like I still like that it goes after that. And I guess like that's the thing I like a like even though I'm like there are moments of that kind of like oof. There are legitimate directorial and story choices that are like that is so fucking perfect that if you put that in any TV show or movie now You would be lauded for how, like, advanced the thinking was. And, like, it doesn't even – like, for example, the, like, vignette, they do two scenes where they give you vignettes that show you almost entirely the dynamic of the main four of Jet, Spike, Ed, and Faye. You know, like, they – so the first one is they want to show you Jet and Spike and, like, what are they both like? Right. And they have this kind of the, this two-part sequence where one a gang robs a store with a gun, like a convenience store. These small-time criminals, uh, and they're bounty hunting them. And Spike goes through the front. Jet has this meticulous plan about going through the back. It's a great way to set up the character type, and uh, and it's, like- it's also
1: like they're setting up a pretty classic relationship. And
0: then they have this conversation about Shogi, about it being a game of wits and uh, Jet, who's the more philosopher father-like type, who's wise beyond his years and his experience, you know, been downtrodden by like his belief in justice. used to be a cop, -cop. you know, ex-cop. Yeah, so Spike is uh, Spike used to be a part of the Syndicate, and Jet is like XISSP. So we have them kind of meeting in the middle because ethically they're both more noble than the corrupt organizations of their past. Yeah, you know, I would, and we get that shogi. I don't know. It's a game that shows you that. That's right, and it shows uh, how they
1: approach it. Why Jet isn't just a sidekick. Uh, Like that, I actually think the best thing about the show. Like, if I had to say what is the number one thing, it's Mm that they set up these dynamics and they're very familiar dynamics, right? Like they have the wacky kid who's really good at computers and they got the femme fatale, who's always getting herself into trouble. And they got the, the naggy mother hen figure, you know, jet who's like keeping them all together or whatever. And then they explore not only what made them that way, but how they're all coping with something like they become this, as a way of coping with some pain and that actually everybody on the ship sees that about everybody else on the ship
0: and, and gives them the space, gives them to the space. Deal with it on their own way. And yeah. it's awesome.
1: It's like, Oh, there's a lot more to this than you would think. And it, it's mm-hmm. the thing that makes spike, not just another Clint Eastwood clone, you know, like he's yeah. got his own, he's got, a, he's got a journey that makes a lot of sense. And uh, that has a lot of meaning to it once they peel back enough layers of the onion, you
0: know? Yeah. It doesn't hurt that he looks like Jack Skellington who can, like, fight anybody. 100%. But he, like, he clearly... But, yeah, vis- his character's meaning is, like, that's what that's the appeal of it. You're well, and that's why right. I think
1: the the movie is within its rights to ask the question, like, are you living in reality? Because I think... Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these people are asking this, and they're not living in reality. They're all avoiding Mm -hmm. reality, you know. Like Mm -hmm. on on an emotional level and on a spiritual level, they're not. And that's that's what Cowboy Bebop's about. Um,
0: But it, but it's also about being a family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. They had like they had, but you're right. uh, By the end of the series, Spike has to return to you know, like he has to shut down that part of his life. And it leads to what it leads yeah. to. Yeah, so, we don't want to spoil yeah, that because it's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a bunch of uh, meaning to be drawn from it, and in this movie also does like the series light. Yes, it does. Um, something I want to talk about is I want to go back because you mentioned what the best thing about the series is, and you're probably right about that because that's the real answer. That's the story mm-hmm. answer, the thematic mm-hmm. answer. But but to me <laughs> this movie or go. to me the 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 cowboy bebop has always been the fucking music. Oh yeah, no, man. I agree. I completely I know you agree. agree yeah, man. Like I think and man, what a great fusion we, of
1: things. Like the, the
0: so yeah, yeah I want to I want to I want to vibe out with you first yeah, so dude, like, let's first do it. off, do you agree or, I feel like at this point like, intro sequences are, like, cowboy bebops now. Like, they own them. Like, they are... They have done, like, two. And it's, like, not only did they They're just all awesome. blast on scene... Yeah. With the one that, like, with Tank. Tank is amazing. The the, the TV show. Yeah. uh The TV show's intro. That thing, as soon as you see it, you go, what the fuck? <laughs> and I actually... I showed this to one of my friends who I play uh Rocket League with. I've never seen the show. Oh, wow. And I was... and. And his brother was like, "Hey, man, check out like the intro sequence." And I sent the link in the Discord, and we uh, we both listened to him as he w- like watched the intro and listened to Tank. Wow. And he and you literally on the side on the side of the like Discord call. He was like, "Oh fuck, right? <laughs> like, of course, like, yeah, of course, fuck yeah." yeah. <laughs> and so because that's just what everyone's response Tank to. is like. But like there in the '90s, yeah. there
1: were like ten or fifteen very memorable television intros. Uh, tank is somewhere in the pantheon of like top 10 best television intros. It's, it's fucking best, awesome. I, I prefer it so to most of the others. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's better, but you know, if somebody who's like, nah, man, it's cheers. Nah, man, it's friends.
0: Okay. It's the sure. only one that like, I will actually like dance. Oh yeah. <laughs> like in my it's awesome. To. I'll be like, it's so good. Yeah. But the one in this, so then they have one in this, uh, in the movie, and it's Yoko Kano again. Yoko Kano is the name of the composer, and she uh, wrote everything. Uh, Man, and it's a, a track called "Ass DNA," yep. and a little bit of trivia: singer is Stephen Cohen, uh, who's su- who sang on uh, several tracks in cow- on Cowboy Bebop, um, and he he is the son of Leonard Cohen. Oh, um, wow, that's yeah. interesting. But like yoko kano and i just want to this is just a little bit like i just want to say this out loud because i i've never really said it out loud yoko kano is like a genre chameleon right the whole point of her art is that she will be like oh you want some jazz oh you want some bluegrass oh you want some like just who gives a fuck classical music opera it all sounds i'll do it all yeah, and in this in this movie, there's two tracks, SDNA and Diggin, that I just fucking I love it. And I remember when I watched the show for the first time, I'm like sixteen-year-old Abe or whatever. And in high school, and it's probably still a little bit into college. I was convinced to try to have a go at being a film composer. That oh, was my that, dream. Wow, My dream was to be a film composer wow. because Of like just movies I'd seen and like Carter Burwell and you know stuff like that John Williams and all that and I remember watching this TV show and then especially this movie because this movie is like so quick it's like now this one now this one now this one it convinced me to not be a composer because I just didn't have the pure compositional chops of Yoko Kano. Like not only are the notes just so beautiful sometimes, she's so nimble, kind of like a Frank Zappa, but like sounds good. Like the idea of Frank Zappa, but like isn't hard to listen to. Right, doesn't so challenge like So I was like, hell like no. That. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh I don't think I had it in me. I was just like I don't know if I that like this is just too That's impressive and virtuoso. Uh, flash forward to like a few years <laughs> in college and I somehow convinced myself I could direct. But uh so I guess but my ego wasn't that hurt, but it's just quite a few things for yes, you- I so have. you've done it. Yeah. You know? I've Not done the level it, but I like- want to do
1: it. But I hear you.
0: That I like originally I thought I was gonna be like I'm gonna go I'm gonna change my major I'm gonna just do music right. classes right. study the theory out and all Williams. that stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly right uh, a. she the music she is man. very
1: very capable and talented and you know like uh, best, and I don't say man. I know that's those sound like condescending words to, that are almost diminishing but now you're bringing us back there. no but like capable is actually a thing that um. I don't know that every great composer is, you know what I mean? Like some, some great composers really have to work in their tone and genre. And like, they make that, you know, um, and maybe they could make other music, but they just don't. Um, she does, she does well at everything. Uh, her, she is a virtuoso in that way. The music in, in the franchise, uh, is, is she responsible for all the music in cowboy bebop? All yes, of it.
0: and almost all of them are done by like your core group. I mean, of holy bands. shit! Man. It's called the seatbelt. Yeah, like,
1: uh like, like some of the some of the music box stuff and Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop. Some of the song choices they pick, or I guess wrote for like like the final song that they write that they perform at the end of the series, blows your mind. It's it's uh oh yeah. There's there's also like a little bit of like classic rock enthusiasm what? in the music through the rain yeah oh my god dude oh that's, oh, so that's in the fifth episode and i don't want to say another word about yeah. it it's so good that one's different but it, yeah that whole that's it's, it's fucking amazing it,
0: also green bird do you remember green yeah i remember it all dude yeah I remember it all. now we're just doing now we're just doing this i fucking love it though it's like one of the only like there's so many uh OSTs out there that like deserve gushing yeah. like this, but it really is for me the one that as soon as I hear it, I am transported back to being a teenager. Yeah. Well it should so do the right have a nostalgic goggles. Cowboy Bebop yeah, exactly.
1: is the kind of show that is high concept before there was stuff that was this high concept and it, it didn't hit a single. It hit a fucking home run. Like it like it it's yeah. like it smacked you right in the face with everything. And you're like, whoa, I okay. You know, and I I just, yeah. I don't know how to have an experience like that again. I don't know if that experience can happen for me again. Um, and I don't know what it would be like to be 19 and hear it and watch it now. I don't know if that, I don't know if that would stick in the same way. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it is a full force piece of art that is both fun to ingest on like a blockbuster level and mm-hmm. deeply meaningful On like a like a prestige drama level, and that as a filmmaker is all I've ever wanted to make. Like like the Cowboy Bebop is a perfect encapsulation of what I wish I was making. You know, like it's saying things that are deep and meaningful and telling them
0: well and artistically, but having a style of it. And it's fun. It's so fun. It's so much. You know, uh,
1: it's a blast. Like what else could? A, I don't know it's a it'd be a thrill to be able to make the equivalent of that in film you know
0: and It yeah. is <clears throat> such a smart concept oh, yeah. of yeah story it's so like good. a story mechanic what I love about it because you did mention it earlier is that a lot of episodes not all of them sometimes they're just solo like Faye goes off and does a yeah. thing but a lot of them especially the story arc ones or like this the movie uh they they all work together, but that is a term we loosely say because you what you get is three detective stories, where they'll randomly meet up and give each other notes and say like, "Oh, it's this guy or whatever." If one of them is ahead of the game, but they're all kind of self interested because they're bounty hunters and they want to get the biggest cut. So there will there's a sense of like, "Well, I can, I can just get him uh, get the bounty myself." Right. They, they uh, don't if I just do my tactics. <laughs> right. And so you, it's like hardy boys, but with assholes. Yeah. They're they're so selfish. Like...
1: Yeah, they're all selfish.
0: But the ways in which they approach, you go like, oh, they got a specific set of skills and their skills are fucking rad. Well, you it know, it was like... really interesting
1: in this movie to see how they felt mm-hmm. like they needed to kind of restate the way the characters operate in case this is your first yeah. foray. So you actually do get like very, very gentle exposition about Spike you never plan for anything. You're just instinctual, right? And uh like that's a thing you learn over the course of the series with Cowboy Bebop in a very there's a particular moment where he really articulates it that's incredible where he talks about his combat style as being like water and it's like that's him oh, yeah. and it's so perfectly described. The the movie had the burden of trying to like encapsulate that in, you know, 10 minutes and it did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Did a pretty yeah. good job. They did do Faye a little dirty. Yeah, in this she wasn't. Because they needed. They wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some stuff that I feel like if it was the TV show, like the using disguises. Like at one point, Spike is dressed as like janitor, right. and he gets in that fight with Electra, which is it's awesome, great. and runs from the cops and makes it out, which is very Spike sequence. But like tactic wise, they they kind of formed like a union between Ed and Faye for like most yep. of it, but then. In typical fashion, with like Faye's character, she ends up tied up, you yeah, know. She's like, a damsel in distress, her, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's like it's that whole shit. She, uh, I, you were saying earlier,
1: and I think you're right, that there are episodes in the show that are just kind of going off with Faye and seeing what she's up to. And those I would call the totally. George Harrison songs of Cowboy Bebop, which is, right, to say, I see what you mean, yeah. yeah, like Faye is often headstrong and getting herself into trouble like she is a little bit of a classic femme fatale damsel distress character which makes her Mm -hmm. a little ill-suited to 2023 because i think we're a little over that uh for good reasons Mm -hmm. but her episodes you start to see the mechanics at work in like what like what's going on in her mind like who is she really and uh what motivates that and that's what brings it out from just being you know princess toadstool or something into true, being true. a real person plus
0: she's she fucking rips she's just awesome. as a personality yeah, she's she, very fun like and she her her ship fucking rules yep. like there's so many great design choices but yes it's she also true. blows shit uh, up in a way that's like
1: yeah 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 that you know
0: i i want somebody who's not i do like her gentle like that like her whole amnesia arc and stuff like that yeah and, and the show gives uh, they give. There's jet episodes too. Those they are all, all good exclusively too. <laughs> deal. Yeah. They almost all exclusively deal with like a through line plot of uh, his partner yeah. and like the ISSP. Uh, they even give one to Ed. There's one episode where we follow Ed, and it's the one with the we mushrooms. Meet her, you remember that one? We
1: meet her, and then there's an episode where she leaves. That sort of ties up. Like every character in the show gets there's a wrap one. up.
0: But like there's one legitimate detective story yeah, where we right. follow Ed and that's Ed's right. like has to chase this dude who's um making the everyone else is high on bebop and she's like I got to we'll solve it and her and I go and she's and it's a fucking psychedelic episode it's fucking It is awesome. awesome.
1: She's definitely like the most anime character in the show like yeah. like from that world yeah. uh because she's and I I'm going to use hopefully non-judgmental words. She's like magic in a way that everyone else is not magic like she she
0: oh yeah she types she, she just has computer programs that just like delete that everything do shit. she's a magical yeah. hacker yeah she's yeah. magic and also
1: she's like a little bit of a Forrest Gump character in that nothing bad's
0: ever really going to happen to her <laughs> no, she's she's got plot yeah, armor. Got plot arm. the most. I mean, I think Ein gets that one. The dog, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Right, yeah, because the dog. But like they're a unit, and it's it. They have that vibe where it's like, oh, i it, We're safe. The worst that's gonna happen them happen to them is they may get captured. But they'll get rescued. and held in a room for a right. while. But they're gonna get rescued because come on, they're like the heart. And but soul. they're all uh, all these other jagged assholes are the ones that could die at any. Second. I like that
1: Ed is Ed actually softens the the entire crew and shows in a way the heart that's going on the whole time because she's also a stray you know they're all strays Mm -hmm. right like that's Mm -hmm. who they are they're leftover outsider types who don't have a purpose anymore and Mm -hmm. she they 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 instantly see and understand her you know what i mean like like they never there's never a moment where they're like we got to get rid of her you know, which is what a real right. asshole would do. It's like we gotta get rid of her. You know,
0: especially because she has like a particularly painful, uh, like origin yeah, story. Does. Which, yeah. you know, which I'm not gonna. We're uh, not gonna say it all here because we don't want to ruin we're it. We're not gonna yes. spoil, but like just, but just the um, the concept that they all have kind of pain in their life, and it seems like that seems to be the unifying factor is that they have demons chasing them, or and they have they're like victim to their own circumstances, and they're out running it. Um, They're trying and so to. So that is kindred. Yeah. So all of them share that quality, and that is what makes them kindred. And I think the bummer um, about the movie real. is that the movie didn't have time to tell you Can't any of that. that. So no, instead, we got the twenty six right, episodes,
1: instead we got the villains' version.
0: Like, it's the antagonist. Right, which is smart as hell. It's cool. That is a smart yeah. as hell way to do a movie. I mean, like, how many times have we said about like Marvel movies or whatever that it's the best, the best stories are the ones where the villain is like really memorable. Why? Because in the aggregate, we're going to see what makes like a hero, but you only got one shot really to see what makes a villain. So let's make that the center story, and you're going to have like a really compelling. Art. And I think they. And I think we've seen it time and yeah, time. Yeah, they again. did a
1: nice job. I mean, I, I, in a way, this is a very risk averse film because they took 80 mm-hmm. percent of Vicious and made him a character, and uh, they did basically they compressed the work of 26 episodes of television into two hours, and did it pretty artfully. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they had lots of fun and capers and good fights and, you know, great music and stuff. So like, it is a nice showcase if you have ever wanted to know what Cowboy Bebop is about, you know, but it, the butt of it is that like the real meat of Cowboy Bebop is missing here. Right, not mm-hmm. not the experience of sure. Bebop, but the thing that makes people love it is missing from the movie.
0: It's just, you just want more Bebop. No, that's, I want that, the depth of so the cute. characters, and it's only really alluded to. But here. you don't get that for many. You don't get that for many ninety minutes of the show in particular. No, you do, really. but you
1: don't. But it's because you've watched the two hours before. So if that's what you're saying, then you're right.
0: Yeah, I think I yeah, but I see what you're saying. Uh, The only inconsistency I'd point out about this movie that does really bother me, while we're you know shooting on it, is the nature of the nano machines. Yeah, like Electra and Vincent have them in their bloodstream. First off, Electra doesn't see the butterflies. It's not clear, but Vincent he asks clearly sees her if she does, all. and she doesn't give an answer. Yeah, but Electric quote didn't know she had it yeah. until like that's the right. events of this that's film. Right. So that's weird. And they both got it at the same time, which is the testing in the army. And they were the only two who were like immune to the 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 fault thought, in the design of the the. Pathogen. Am I wrong about this? I thought that maybe she actually was made immune. When he shot her Oh that's right They had a relationship And so Vincent was the sole survivor of the testing Uh, Everyone else died But then Vincent met Electra And gave it to her Just like he kissed her uh, Kissed Faye with uh, his blood And that apparently seems to work Um, So he might be the only It might be like a 1% of the earth Can actually survive uh, the pathogen Uh, but it seems that the effect of this is to ultimately make super soldiers when we're doing like the science portion where like it is taking us through, like, look at the lymphocyte, look at the blood cell, uh, and like, look at this blood cell. It's different. We see that it's less vulnerable to like things like what it seems like damage, like they microwave it. And it seems like the when you microwave a blood cell, it like immediately gets fucked over. But this one holds is a lot hardier. We get the sense that it's less vulnerable to disease in general. Um, Though it's not like, like Marvel's Extremis or something like that. They don't heal tissue or anything. In fact, we see that Electra gets shot and her wound doesn't heal. Uh, and Spike, in fact, Sky, <laughs> that's the other thing. Spike's gut shot heals way faster than her yeah, arm. Yeah, bro. He, he got his not...
1: intestines blown out in that shot. It was gnarly. But I
0: guess that they're just saying like shaman magic I because guess. he's like he's like saved by these two Native American like essentially right. like shaman that's, that's their true like whispering full they of love that. multiple times in yeah. the series as well uh, whispering wisdom into his ear and pr- uh, magic balms to his soul and body apparently. and i just want to say but
1: every other time in the series that he runs into a native american shaman it's much better than in this movie
0: it's yeah this movie is kind of just like yeah. real quick usually they, it's a part and it's of it's usually episode. really interesting and fun like yeah but um one of the but like Vincent and the one and I think this is where it comes down to it. Like Vincent holds a grenade at one point that I think has the uh the pathogen in it. And so it's not a full grenade, but it explodes and the nano machines burst on the train and luckily Spike had been had just jumped out at that point. But uh it, it's enough that Electra is like, why didn't that's what starts her like, why didn't I start coughing? Why didn't I get infected? Oh, I already am immune. Um, that's weird, though. Like, Vincent is seemingly a, like, he's like a werewolf at times. Like, he can, he has this move where he grasps yeah, he just, Spike's he chest and apparently yeah. demolishes yeah. Spike. Like, more pain than Spike has ever been in the TV That move show. was unclear. And the dude's had swords through right. his chest. and and his hand is completely bloody after. I think he's yeah, it's like he's a like werewolf's so like, shit
1: into their body or something. It's it's uh, And yeah. he
0: and he holds a grenade when it explodes and that doesn't like bust his hand open. He's totally perfect. So something weird is going yeah. on and they're just not very All I'm saying is they're just not very no. clear. Maybe they are con- consistent and there's an answer out there, but the movie doesn't go out of its way to show me what that is and that does distance me from the Main arc because what I'm like, well, this? he seems to be invincible, yeah, right? But also, like, right. not invincible because he, you know, spoilers for the movie, he just gets shot once and he's dead. Yeah, they do a, uh, a well placed shot, will take care of it. They
1: anybody. do a WWE thing, which is like they build up your protagonist for so long in WWE that, like, when they finally win the title, it's like, well, nobody will ever beat him. And then they start taking L's that don't make any sense. And you start being like, what's the <laughs> I don't understand. Can Stone Cold beat Kane no matter what or not? You know, like you have that kind of math. by the transitive Exactly. Yeah. Like they do a little bit of that here to make this guy formidable because it feels like mm-hmm. if he was just in the show somewhere, Spike would have beat the hell out of him and that would have been it. Uh yeah. by the way, Abe, That's just right. quick quick side note. Best hair ever? Does this man have the best hair ever? Vincent's Holy hair? shit, bro. <laughs> it's like
0: Glam it rocks is. form a glam rock around it this is man. <laughs> Wonderful it is blasting out it, of his I mean head. his beard yeah, as well yeah and he's Got like yeah. a jackal smile like he's, he's doing It right <laughs> he's he all that of hair place. trench if coat. You Had it Abe, at one point he's wearing oof. he's Wearing a scarecrow <laughs> yeah, hat he does. and you're like <laughs> he, wears oh a my witch hat. God. he Really does yeah he's uh
1: he's slaying in Any era if you put that hair on Abe he Would be unstoppable mm-hmm uh like it's a it's actually a gift to us that you don't have hair as luxurious as this man because it's I, amazing you take that back <laughs> you, my hair is it's glorious, glorious. but not like that like Abe. a mane, like that that man's a is a volume commercial
0: <laughs> his, his you know yeah that he he's got me beat he's yeah. got me beat the the anime man yeah. has me beat for hair it's, it's wow uh but yeah it's it's he's glorious he's He's almost like I don't know. Dare I say, like he makes me like gothic bisexual a little yeah. bit. Like he's he so has handsome. the power to do that. But I don't know. Yes. Cowboy Bebop always did that to me because it was it was when I was like I watched when I was like sixteen, you know. And I'm like I'm like phase hot, phase spikes hot, spikes hot, and then I had my and then I was like, you know what, jets kind of hot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> His bald weird ass beard
0: Yeah but uh, he's got those those arms That can make you feel safe You know His robot arm That's the one you want spooning <laughs> you If you have to pick any of them <laughs> You uh, His hugs Whoa. Like his elbows the metallic warmth you know, They're so pointy Yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they all fuck Yeah um, It is true A lot of the uh, A lot of the uh, Like enemies uh, Like that's the other thing about the show And oh, I mean just Cowboy Beep in general it loves to show still life of just like ordinary people. But of course, like, you know, like any myth, uh, you know, all of our villains and our heroes are like fuckable as hell. And also like super beans, you know, like they're the ones who am, are, are ambitious, but they're always beautiful and stuff like that. That's not unique to any particular property, but it is, uh, it is an anime, so it's gonna sex it up. Didn't they
1: have a? Real didn't nice. they have like a really compelling trans character? Uh oh yeah. It, like who who I think was an antagonist if I remember correctly. I don't remember this story well enough. Yeah, to... who had
0: like hor- had hormones. Yeah, um, I forget the name of the character, but it's a Faye episode. It was Grensha, where Faye has. Yeah, it's but it, it's actually Grin. very similar to this one because yes, I is. believe it was a veteran of the yes, Titan War. it's a repeat trip. Um So, yeah, it's someone who had PTSD uh, and ultimately, like, I think had... I don't know if... I, I can't remember if they even went into the trans stuff because that's... I, I What I loved about that is it was just like... It was like just happening. Auxiliary. Yeah, it was happening. It was just like, oh, yeah, like we saw them come out of the shower. Right. You know, and it's just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, it was it is it isn't a big de- a big deal in the way of like Japanese culture like Faye at one point goes like you're uh, a woman, right, 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 you know, right, or something right. like that. And it's because it's like 1998 and it's Japan. Uh, and, you know, not that America is any ma- that much different at, in that regard, but it's just like backward thought in that regard. But like the filmmakers themselves are kind of backing it up in a in an eloquent way because it's just like doesn't really have anything to do with the plot it's just just a feature of that person i i want to say it's great it's been a really long time so if it's actually heinous please forgive
1: me i don't remember it well enough to know but i Mm want to say like in a way they actually brought out some of the beauty of that of of of, like that was not just ancillary like it was a reinforcing aspect of who this person was uh like i want to say they i want to say that they did some interesting things with that but i could be wrong
0: so don't quote yeah. me. I have to rewatch the episode. It's a I bold remember choice for a fairly important part, but I yeah. just remember it also being like it was just this document of a very complex person. Yes, um, and that's one of the things that you know Bebop does a lot. Like even in, even in when it, when it's like just doing an archetype of like a Western, like a standard Western arc of like a Bonnie and Clyde who are stealing something and trying to get out of Dodge. Seeing that in westerns dozens of times right and it's usually the same shit they're in love or whatever the it's like the second set episode or maybe even the first episode of bebop and we get that the one where you think the woman's pregnant but really it's a belly full of like uh like red eye oh
1: yeah that's right Ooh, that was a good one too yeah, yeah, yeah. The way
0: they navigate that, it's like it's it's not just going to stop at Bonnie and Clyde. Right. It's not just we're lovers forever, uh, go until we die. It's also tempered by like the idea that Spike is like, I kind of get the feeling that you're in a uh, a toxic relationship. Do you want an out? I can give you an out, uh, and she's just like, No, I love him. And it's just like this weird kind of. Like we're gonna go one shade deeper that Bebop always kind of did with its Western stories. I I think that that is a credit to the uh, filmmakers for real. Yeah, there there is a lot of like uh,
1: people feeling trapped by their destinies. Yeah, in Cowboy yeah. Bebop, that's that's like sort of a regular thing, and occasionally it sort of lapses into the tropes that are like you know Bonnie and Clydeish. I think you're right, but it never just does it. And, like, leaves it at the simple, I just made a choice and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always... They always, even if it's just, like, a monologue that's very esoteric, get to the core of what makes a person make these choices.
0: Mm -hmm. You know? So, like... It shows the line yeah. a lot more in, with yeah. a lot more definition than I think. That's what we mean by archetypes versus like a more real characters. It's just about line definition. How much do you see about why they're doing the things they're doing? Correct. Yeah, which um, is sort of why
1: people tell antagonist or excuse me, antihero stories anyway, right? right. Like yeah. basically every antihero story and a lot of the cowboy bebop stories are sort of love notes to the antagonist. Like a lot of them are that. Uh, are sur- trying to find out what made them this way.
0: Cowboy Bebop was very curious about that,
1: you know, which is yeah, of that's cool. one of the
0: things that, like, the director said about Vincent's character in this one is that there was an interview with, they were like, Is he like, in terms of like the series, is he the most evil villain, uh, you know, that there has been? And you know, the director was like, mm, No, nah, I didn't see it that way at all. In fact, I see. Like, we've all been frustrated to the point that we want to break some shit. Like, this guy has been going crazy for, like, a while now, and he uh, was legitimately angry, and he went and did this terrible thing. So it's, like, always trying to show the shades of gray. Um, And it's just interesting to me that someone, like, critics can still watch this show and still be like, yeah, so who's the, like who's the most powerful rank them rank them rank, rank them they're, they're WWE fans you know it's like oh man you kind of get missing the point of the show well I you? think
1: that is a little yes they are but I think that's also a little bit of response to the the sort of iterative nature of the show like the show is right. doing this story over and over in it some is ways.
0: stacking them against each yeah. other after all so it's
1: not totally it's not like a man critics are just dummies uh
0: so much yeah that's a fair assessment assessment yeah Uh, i just think it's funny i I just love it whenever directors or writers have to defend their position of like no he's like a he's a bad yeah he's a bad guy he's a person (laughs) he's a troubled guy (laughs) like he's not like an
1: evil guy (laughs) See, i understand that like for you to like a story everybody in it has to be a person because if they're not yeah. you'll think it's dumb you know
0: uh she's like yeah but that part where he's like, he was like oh, no, no, oh. that part was cool and he's like yeah man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it is yeah uh one more thing about directing i was sure. did you have because there's some shots in bebop and there's one in this uh movie that is a lot more visceral for me mm. you know how i like frames you like frames Love them. this is frame right um at the end of the digging montage do you remember there's a throwback to the series fans will get where these these three old dudes yes. that sometimes pop yeah. up and they just talk about nothing in particular and i don't know what gets me but it's during the digging montage like the uh you know, maybe I'm just bored and lonely. You know, that song. Um And there's a shot that they introduce those three. And this is stupid, but, but for example, one of the three dudes in the shot has his head tilted up and they're staring at camera. Did you notice this? I did this? not notice that. Damn, uh, I was hoping you would. Because it's this kind of impulse to me that makes like... This is... The stupidest thing, and probably zero people on the earth are gonna agree with me. I don't even know. But this is the shit that really makes me inspired to be a director. Okay. Because I don't know why it's not particularly cool, it's not a design of sequence of like, wow, they nailed it, that looks so good. This is just a little small thing where his head is tilted up, and he's looking straight at camera. He's old, so in the drawing, you don't really see his eyeballs in the shots, but the eye line wise it's enough to be like uncanny, so you also have this like we hold on the shot for a very long time, by the way, they have like uh six to seven lines of dialogue before we cut away classic anime um yeah, yeah. and uh, and because you don't see his eyeballs it's but it's uncanny you, you but he there the other two are looking at each other and playing like poker, but he's looking right at camera and I couldn't give you a dramatic or symbolic reasoning for it. It's completely style and instinct based. But it's just like to me, the director saying at one point, draw him looking at camera. And it's very clear he did that. And I don't know why I think that that's incredible because it's a rule not to do that. And this movie seems to be like, I like it because it's never done. And then it cuts, and the punchline, more or less, is that the old man was just looking at Spike the whole time right. because he's been waiting patiently for their conversation to end to ask them a question. Because the whole point of this entire montage that it's a part of is that Spike is going on. He he's as always, he goes to the streets and gets his nose on the ground and like asks random people, <laughs> where should I be in order to have a How can you know, I like, magically be crime? where I must be to yeah, resolve? He, does this. His, yeah. he, he learns everything from the streets. Right. But that's just but what that shot does is that he was like he made us go like, Why is that dude looking at me? That's fucking weird. And then turned it into a punchline. Where it's like, oh no, the dude was just looking at Spike because Spike has has arrived and you just haven't seen Spike yet. He's in the other shot. And it's just such a fucking clever way of doing that. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's shit like the that. The show has a
1: the show often leans into Spike's POV in a in an understated way. One of the ways they do yeah. that is they Spike is one of the only people that's allowed to look down the barrel of the camera when he's looking over a gun or when he's like, you know, contemplating something, we get right in his eyeline often. Um, which is a theme because uh, you know, I don't want to spoil everything, but one of his eyes is fake. And there's that's part of the story. One of his eyes is not is not uh This
0: eye sees the past. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the, again reinforcing the are you seeing real life, right? That that's right. So that's part of how they do it. And the other part of how they do it is that uh they'll they'll enhance his point of view with music. This is the thing I noticed when I was watching is like a lot of times when the jazz or rock song comes on, it's because Spike has finally found something that actually interests him. You know, like Spike is sort <laughs> yeah. of a bored character, and when we talk about like I earlier I said he had a death wish, and that's accurate. Because but what I mean by that is he wants to find something worthy of killing him. Right? Like he 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 wants to atone for things that happened in the past. That's who he is. And uh, death is his way of atoning, but not just anything can kill him. Somebody worthy has to kill him. And so every time Spike finds a real fight, you'll notice suddenly he's he's interested. Suddenly he gets interested in what's happening. He's no longer bored. And the music always picks up. He wants to murder. He wants to murder or be murdered.
0: He you know? that the flight seat, the the is awesome. In the movie yeah, it's great. is so awesome. That music is so awesome. Yep. And it's like the shit that Spike is doing is like you're gonna kill yourself, dude. He's he's blasting concrete right into his face in order to drive through it so will hit the planes following him. And it's like <laughs> you are the first one to die. <laughs> like what are you and doing? And that's who but he is. He I mean, that's one yeah, of the reasons
1: why Jet and his relationship is so great. That's because,
0: like I always, but Jed you know. also
1: like is is trying in this very subtle way to like tell him you're you, you deserve to live. Yeah, you know you de- you you do deserve to live. It's okay to live. Like Jed is in a long-term like that. Yeah, yeah, he's in a long-term conversation with Spike about the meaning of life. Right, and uh, and Spike respects Jed enough to let that happen. You know, um, and th- th- that's one of the fascinating things about the show is that like, again, everybody understands each other. Um, and to relate to your point, the director is constantly finding ways to put us. It's specifically in Spike's point of view and shots yeah. are the camera is a lot more intimate with Spike than any of the other characters, including Faye, who you would think you'd be more in her mm. point of view. But actually, we objectify her more, which is a bit of a bummer.
0: Bit of a bummer. Yeah. Uh the point of views start to fall apart when we start to look at like Ed and Ayn. Yeah. Though that's right. That becomes like the point of view of like you are such a weird thing You're to such deal a with goof that it's yeah. almost like revealing of like like a Borat character, like revealing of everyone around them instead of themselves, because it's like who's this kid and this dog? Uh and they're both superheroes apparently. Like there's a sequence. <laughs> in this movie where they go door to door to try to find the owner of like the hat <laughs> just like why would they do that because Ein yeah, yeah. is a magic they're both beast. magic yeah yeah they're both magic and can sniff sniff a hat and find a person sniff in the a, truth. a a city <laughs> yeah. yeah and the first door the first door that ed tries is a man who blasts out with a shotgun and is like What are you? Trick or treat? Halloween's tomorrow. And then he fires a shot near a child child. like a maniac. Like that is enough of a transgression. Edward
1: just waves her hands around in the way that she does.
0: Just just, (laughs) And then we go You know, the more times I
1: watch the show, which by the way, I'm almost certain I'm just going to watch the whole damn show now because of this episode. But the more times I watch it, the more I appreciate how not, it's not so much that I enjoy Ed sequences as much as i appreciate the effect of an ed sequence which is like we're ready for we're ready for to get back into the mire with our characters when we've had a sequence with ed we need the yeah. break like yeah. she's good for pacing and you know you can you can dump all kinds of exposition into an ed sequence and it's like yeah okay sure
0: why not yeah you otherwise it would be too i think self-serious that's the special yes, sauce that's right you know it's like the right mix sh- she she is a little bit of that comedic spice, as they say. Yeah. Well, and also she
1: humanizes um,
0: the other people. You know? Yeah. Gives a reason for empathy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. For real. Yeah. There are a few cool things that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. We always have the scene in that vein where you kind of mention how like the doting mother. Uh, we always have the scene where Jet Black. Like in terms of scene archetypes, like I mentioned the you know, the first scene with the you know, taking down the small time criminals and right. the gang right. at the convenience store. We also have these like archetypal scenes in this movie that are indicative and happen like I almost didn't notice how often they happened in the show until I watched the movie again. Where it's like Jet Black is on alone. On the bebop, talking to himself or to Ayn about how Faye and Spike are not doing out doing their own. I don't game. need them and I can't control yeah, them, yeah. but I love them and they should come back. And then they come back, and then he's like, hey, "Where have you been?" You know, like it's always that scene. Yep. We've seen that scene like four That's times home. at this point. That's home for us. That's home. Yeah. Uh, and so it's the dynamic, but it's just it's. I thought that there was several times that just doing the archetypal scene. Uh, it's smart. The last scene
1: in the series between Jet and Spike is exquisite. Uh, actually, it chokes me up even thinking about it. Like, they, yeah. they, the last scene with Faye and Spike is exquisite. Uh, that one's more haunting. All of these, all of these characters have incredible resolutions to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, they the way that the series wraps up their relationship with each other is, uh, It's great. It's very, very good. There's few shows that have achieved what they did. You know? Yeah. Probably because they were focused. They chose to be very focused on what we're doing here. You know? Right.
0: It's awesome. I mean, you speak about endings, but I did did write down that it's funny that this movie starts like every JRPG that has been made with someone saying, Spike, wake up. Oh, my God. Uh, The waking up
1: thing. I actually got that. note. Like, Cody and I wrote a script a while ago. (laughs) I think you read that one. And uh, we got a note in coverage, like, oh, it starts with somebody waking up, like, try something else, bro. Try something <laughs> it's else, like, bro. yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, right. all right. That's, <laughs> fair. That's, a fair <laughs> That's a fair assessment. Critique. I, I don't know why you. you're so angry I about it. You. That's weird to be angry about, <laughs> like,
0: tropes, I guess. But, like, I don't know. There's yeah, some yeah. tropes I get angry at. Well, he's not wrong, though. You know what's the one I get angry at is that someone gets shot from behind the back by a character who's missing in Act 3. Yep. For a while, Classic. it's just... Fe- I hate that shit. I think most people hate that shit. It feels like a cop out and every TV show does it because it's a great way to take a character who is plot armor and like make them seem like maybe for a second because you have all the the, the villains pointing the gun.
1: I think (laughs) it's about to happen. There is a I mean, I'm writing a scene like that right now and I'm like, Uh fuck, you're right. Uh, But like, I think the the idea of that sequence still works if you boil it down to the point of it is that there was a thing neither person had considered that was actually the deciding thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, that's the drama trope, you know, like we've, we've, we've hashed out all this. That's what makes
0: one of those good. But let's be honest. They mostly aren't though. Yeah, like Game of Thrones killed it. Like, how many times did someone get stabbed in the back of the head right before they're about to do I a mean, murder? All stroke? times,
1: I don't know. So many times. I
0: yeah, it was like eight yeah. times in that yeah. show. Uh, but anyway, that's just something I wanted to mention. Uh, but yeah, there's there's cool concepts. But red wedding, in play. Abe.
1: Red wedding, right. Abe. Red wedding. <laughs> remember, uh, remember the but screaming.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, we didn't. This is a different episode. We kind of examined it from more of like the the concept of ba- Cowboy Bebop yeah, because bit. we want to talk about the show a little bit more. But um, definitely go see the movie. It's I think great. I would echo what you said earlier about like if you ha- if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, maybe start with this. Actually, I don't know. Maybe people would hard disagree with that. I think but if like, you
1: don't like anime, if you're like I don't like anime, I'm not interested in anime. Fuck you for talking about anime. If that's who you are. This might get you in.
0: I actually change my answer. The way in which you get someone to want to watch Cowboy Bebop is just shown the intro sequence to Cowboy 100%. Bebop. 100%. There's no question. Uh, but I just I feel like hyped.
1: Cowboy Bebop is a good piece of media for somebody who's resistant to the format. I, I know that True. when I was younger, I thought anime was stupid You know, because I was some dumbass. And that's what I thought, you know what I mean? So like, and Cowboy Bebop was the one that got me to get excited about this art form, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I actually have a question for you in that vein, because when we talk about animes that like leapt over to the West uh, and had some, you know, success just, you know, as their own thing and usually had good dubs and stuff like that. Uh, does this movie deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as like Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Spirited no. Away? No, no, you don't. No, those. No, this is a distillation of a better thing,
1: which is the series. I think the Cowboy Bebop the series absolutely deserves to be mentioned with those things. I would, I would say it's better. With those things, okay. But the movie is, uh, again, it's it's a, you know, it's it's the light version, it's the Diet Coke version, and you know, I don't think we need that. Compared to Akira, which is its own contained, meaningful story, or Ghost mm. in a Shell, or you know, uh yeah, or certainly any of the other like Spirited Away or any of those, which are yeah. masterpieces of their own, right? Ooh,
0: and that's the word, <laughs> and that's the word. But I
1: would I call the that. series Cowboy Bebop a masterpiece, and I don't think I'm being, yeah, I don't think I'm. Being it is a masterpiece. Facetious. I facetious, you mm-hmm. know. I, I, it's, it is spectacular but you give this like a b. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, I if if the series didn't exist, I'd say b plus a minus. It's a good action movie. You know what I mean? Like I it's not like a Die Hard where it changes the landscape, but like compare it to your favorite action movie, it's as good as any of those, isn't it? It's Yeah. You it's, know? B+. Bum, yeah, it's B plus. Uh It's
0: Such a Great, Wonderful intro, Which yeah. is a Great Way to, I think to Exit. Uh We've talked about this. We talked about all the stuff I want to talk about. So Oh great. That's I guess that and, means we're done then. <laughs> it's been an hour and 20 minutes, man. Uh no, I know. so but I love it. I loved every second of it and baby don't change. But me hey. Too. How can people find you on the internet cuz we oh, do that thing.
1: Thank you if you're looking for me. Uh, I can be found still somehow at Twitter at the real gants. Also you can See my Twitch, also at The Real Games? Uh, That's where I stream all the games that we're going to cover on One Upsmanship, and some that we won't, like Elden Ring for the 10th time, because I love it so much. Uh, So those are the places you can ingest me personally. Uh, You can also, of course, find my video game podcast with the Michael Swaim called One Upsmanship. It's on the iHeart Network. If you listen to it, but you've never rated or reviewed it, hey, man, give us a like and a review so we can keep doing it so we can keep bringing you all that video game goodness. Uh Heck also yeah. abe and I have a podcast here if you're not aware of it uh mm. fix your life. That podcast is called director piece theater. Mm-hmm. And if you think you got a little bit of the insight into directing here, no sir. No ma'am. We have so much more to show you about what directing is. Uh specifically about the movie The Net. It's almost mm-hmm. entirely about The Net. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the last episode we did. And well actually no, that's not the last episode. It oh, another one did. will come out. Okay. The, the next got episode it. is gonna oh, be good. uh that people who are on the uh on the, the drip feed uh, are on uh midwinter's Tale with a special guest. Oh, um, that's one with Jessica Ellis. Oh great. But that's fun. Yeah. But we got we got more in the barrel for that. That's absolutely right. You can find all that stuff at patreon.com slash small beans. Uh, you can. uh f- think about if you were listening to this on the um free feed
1: yeah you're abe, missing
0: out on nearly half our content uh so much yeah so much and also you get everything earlier for example if you're listening on the free feed about seven or eight days before people got to listen to these yak yaks talk uh on the cowboy bebop episode of frame rate so
1: abe did you yeah. know that uh that, did you know that maggie and i are planning on doing a, a david lynch podcast on this network I
0: fucking live for did you know dude, about that, that? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I I, actually I did know, but I'm acting
1: very surprised for (laughs) this moment. But yeah, dude, it's gonna be fucking awesome. We're supposed to get together and actually fucking talk about it. Uh, Oh, that's gonna be
0: awesome. Yeah, and I don't care
1: for David Lynch. I love David Lynch. Uh, I
0: know you guys are perfect for it. Yeah, and she's the right amount of like chaos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we might just start
1: every one of the episodes with the weather. Mm (laughs) Just, it's yeah. a Wednesday once again.
0: <laughs> uh of <I'd> love that. <laughs> please, please do the entire podcast in that fucking David Lynch baseball announcer. Have you forest. ever
1: seen an interview with him?
0: Have you like Uh I've seen him, yeah. He yeah, does seen his interviews talk all the time.
1: Our bananas. Like his Have you like, seen the quinoa video? <laughs> quinoa. Quinoa. Yeah, he's quinoa. uh he is a treasure because how did he do it. <laughs> How did he get here? He's a maniac uh, He's a real treasure. Anyway, that's not love with this Laura
0: Dern. That's these are the things that we know. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, more on that. On do you have a name for that one yet?
1: No, I will only tell you jokes, and they will all be bad jokes. uh okay. The one I've been okay. the one I've been gently nudging Maggie toward is linchpins but I don't know if mm. that's going to be it. Mm. so she did more
0: details on that later i'm sure she didn't like the name get
1: lynched i was very surprised by that
0: yeah (laughs) yeah. didn't care for it (laughs) Uh, 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 i think that makes sense okay oh you're on her side oh classic 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 bait and switch my man yeah yeah Yeah. no you're the perfect two to talk about that should be fun you know you're gonna you're the goblin and she's she's the beautiful she's <laughs> the princess uh, that's right she's the princess and yeah, yeah. there you, go. you we got a lynch she'll love going. knowing
1: that <laughs> we got a lynch stew another we name lynch we might stew, baby.
0: there you go yeah into the uh, ear hole I'll give some thinker i'll get yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the old thinker and oh, maybe we'll generate some titles it'll be great good i'm very excited about that one uh there's also you know with the incoming swame coming next week or so, uh, we're going to be back on the horse and doing escape from the multi Oh yeah. we are. Uh, we mentioned we got some DPTs down the, or director piece theaters down the pipeline. Uh, is me, is me, oh, or yeah. I'll show you mine. If you show me yours, your show, all this and more coming in the month of April, everybody have a good, have a good one. Get thanks ready for, uh, for listening. Both barrels yeah. of content blasting off. <laughs>